0: The president can't speak for fallen American soldiers. Of course he can, he's the president. He can speak for anyone he wants, he can do anything he wants. He's Donald Trump. Well, I don't know why I came here tonight I got the feeling that something right No, it ain't. I'm so scared in case I fall off my chair And I'm wondering how I'll get down the stairs
1: Clowns to the left me, jokers to the right Here I am, stuck in the middle with you Yep you yes, sound stuck in
0: the From Pacifica with Radio in Los Angeles, this is the broadcast as heard on KPFK 90.7 FM in LA Also in California, in Red Bluff and Redding on KFOI, Round Mountains KKRN and Eureka's KGOE in Oregon on the Central Coast on KYAQ, in Cottage Grove on Queso and in Eugene on KEPW. Lancaster, Pennsylvania's WLRI, Maui, Hawaii's KAKU. We're in Columbus, Ohio on WGRN, Palinville, New York's WLPP, Grand Rapids, Michigan's WPRR. In New Orleans on WHIV, Gallup, New Mexico's KNIZ, Concord, New Hampshire's WNHN, in Fayetteville, Arkansas on KPSQ, in Seattle on KODX, in Goldendale, Washington on KVGD, and in Minneapolis, St. Paul on AM950, KTNF. We also stream coast-to-coast coast and around the globe every day for you on the Progressive Voices channel, NetRoots Radio, Indie Media Weekly, FYI Nation, NicoleSandler.com, Radio Free Brooklyn, GDPR Revolution99, Workforce Rising, Deprogrammed Radio, and D Depro- and D Tour Talk Blanketing Planet Earth five days a week. I am Brad Friedman, your friendly investigative blogger, journalist, troublemaker, muckraker, and all-around swell fellow says me from Bradblog.com. Thank you very much for joining us. Uh, we are preparing to hit the road shortly for the holidays, so I was hoping to try and uh, clear off my desk a little bit here today by hitting a number <laughs> of items.
2: I'm sorry, that that was a cute, wishful thinking well, I, on your I, that part. That was my
0: plan. I thought, okay, that will, will hit all the things I wasn't able to get to over this past stupidly busy week. We'll just do it all today. Well... The Donald Trump season finale is uh, is just as one Twitter commenter noted, absolutely on fire this year. So many surprises, so many twists and turns, and yes, cliffhangers at season's end. Um, so we will get to all of that momentarily. We'll see what else we can get to today because news continues to break as we go to air here today. Uh, hopefully, so I'll be able to get to some rather mind-blowing news out of the ongoing investigation ...into the case of GOP absentee ballot election fraud that has uh, thrown the U.S. House race and several others in the North Carolina 9th Congressional District into utter disarray just days now before the new Congress will be sworn in on January 3, but without, it now appears almost certain, without a representative from the Tar Heels 9th Congressional District. Also today... Desi Doyen and our Green News Report, which actually includes a few nice Christmas gifts from several <laughs> uh, from several states this yes, year. Yes, it does. And no lumps of coal. That's uh, that's key. That's key here. But as to the uh, Donald Trump season finale of you know Trump the presidency, where do we start? Uh, so many exciting twists and turns today. Uh, just today alone. Um, this morning from CNN, acting Attorney General Matt Whitaker is advised he does not need to recuse himself from overseeing Robert Mueller's probe, despite past suggestions on how to stop it. That came in early this morning from CNN, followed by a Fox News alert on the iPhone, which appeared to confirm that news from CNN, saying DOJ ethics officials clear A.G. Matthew Whitaker to oversee Trump-Russia probe, source says. And then, just before airtime today, a twist from the Washington Post. Quote, contrary to earlier report, DOJ ethics official told Whitaker's team that acting attorney general should recuse from Mueller probe.
2: A minor loss of one word, should, should not. What's the
0: difference? That was very exciting, wasn't it? Uh, He and uh, Trump now, I guess, will they actually pay attention to that advice from the ethics official who says no, Whitaker cannot oversee the uh, special counsel probe, given that he has been critical of it in the past? Will they pay attention? Well... Why start now? I uh, guess we will have to tune in next season to see how that one plays out. But uh, CNN is reporting that, in fact, Whitaker is choosing uh, the advice from his own people around him who say, yes, he can oversee the Mueller probe. So uh, that one will be fun as it moves forward. In the meantime, Trump's surprise announcement on Wednesday that the U.S. would be immediately pulling out of Syria This came as a stunning twist at season's end, which nobody, not even the military or the State Department or anybody in Congress, actually saw coming. And most of them are none too happy about it either. Donald Trump declared complete and total victory against ISIS on Wednesday night and announced that he is pulling all U.S. troops out of Syria a sudden policy shift that blindsided Congress and most senior officials at the Pentagon and State Department. He said, we we have won against ISIS. We have beaten them and beaten them badly, Trump said in a video that was posted on Twitter Wednesday night, which ended with him pointing to the heavens to argue on behalf of apparently those who have been killed in the fight against ISIS, presumably in Syria. But who knows? claiming that all of those fallen troops now want the rest of the U.S. troops in Syria to come home.
1: We've been fighting for a long time in Syria. I've been president for almost two years, and we've really stepped it up, and we have won against ISIS. We've beaten them, and we've beaten them badly. We've taken back the land, and now it's time for our troops to come back home. Now we've won. It's time to come back, They're getting ready. You're going to see them soon. These are great American heroes. These are great heroes of the world because they fought for us, but they've killed ISIS, who hurts the world. And we're proud to have done it. And I'll tell you, they're up there looking down on us, and there is nobody happier or more proud of their families to put them in a position where they've done such good for so many people. So our boys, our young women, Our men, they're all coming back, and they're coming back now. We won, and that's the way we want it, and that's the way they want it.
0: (laughs) And, And that's the way he wants it, apparently. Uh, Our boys and men are coming home.
2: Our boys and girls and men. I don't know what he's talking about there. It's his usual word salad. And I have to say, I think it is cruel to promise the families of these troops that are in Syria that they're going to be coming home unless it's absolutely sure that they will be coming home. He says
0: they are. He's the commander in chief. He's going to bring them home.
2: That's what he says. Uh,
0: But uh, neither the president uh, nor anyone else at the White House has been able to provide any details on changes in the actual Syria strategy that officials described as the next stage in the conflict, whatever that is. This uh, policy uh, shift, according to NBC, took many lawmakers and senior administration officials completely by surprise. It drew sharp denunciations. From senators on both sides of the aisle, Middle East experts also criticized the shift in strategy, saying that would uh, imperil the U.S.'s Kurdish allies, strengthen the hands of ISIS and Russia and Iran and Syrian leader Bashar al-Assad. A senior administration official who agreed to brief reporters on background on the phone on the condition of anonymity, apparently because the administration is so proud of this decision, they didn't even want to put anyone out there with their own name. That senior administration official could not say whether all U.S. troops will actually leave Syria or uh, couldn't give a timeline for the withdrawal. The official said uh, during this background conference call that uh, small pockets of ISIS remain in the country and serve as, however, quote, no excuse to remain in perpetuity and that they can be eliminated by local forces and regional troops. The president changed his mind after his administration's recent declaration that American forces would not leave Syria until all Iranian troops and their proxies are gone The uh, official senior administration official said the issue here is that the president has made a decision. He gets to do that. That's his prerogative. The uh, the decision comes as a surprise even to the U.S. special envoy for Syria. Joel Rayburn uh, was scheduled to speak at a private event on Syrian policy on Syria policy on Wednesday. But his appearance was canceled less than half an hour before it was scheduled to begin, just as Trump started tweeting about all of this. Republican Senator Lindsey Graham of South Carolina was among the first to condemn the plan because there is no war that he is against having, apparently. He said an American withdrawal at this time would be a big win for ISIS, Iran, Assad, Russia. In his statement, he said, I fear it will lead to devastating consequences for our nation, the region, and throughout the world. Uh, not all senators were against the plan, however. Senator Rand Paul from Kentucky said that uh, the president thought he, thought he was great because the president was defying, quote, the naysayers on both sides of the aisle. Rand Paul, of course, is the noted defense expert who has in the past condemned the U.S., for its use of uh, lethal drones in foreign countries while praising their use right here in the U.S. as long as it was to kill someone who might be robbing a liquor store. Remember that? Oh, yeah. Uh, Nonetheless, he said uh, we have troops in so many countries. We're fighting everywhere because no one knows how to declare victory. So I'm supportive of the president's declaration. Well, that's one. The U.S. is thought to have some 2,000 troops in the region, though the military confirms having just 503 in Syria. The chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, General Joseph Dunford, uh, said two weeks ago that, uh, quote, with regard to stabilization, we still have a long way to go in Syria. He said, uh, speaking at a at a Washington Post event, that the U.S. had completed just twenty percent of its goal of training as many as forty thousand local forces in Syria. Uh, Experts in the region have also decried this move, calling it a sad state of affairs. Even with a total draw, uh, total withdrawal from Syria, the U.S. would still have a a huge military presence. However, in the Middle East, with fifty-two hundred troops remaining across the border in Iraq. Republican uh, lawmakers have made it publicly clear they were caught completely off guard by the announcement. And behind closed doors, Trump, apparently influenced by a phone call with the president of Turkey, who had criticized the U.S. involvement in uh, Syria, uh, Trump went against the advice of some of his most trusted advisors and highest-ranking officials, according to the Washington Post. Uh, The people they spoke with said that Trump made up his mind on Tuesday after a meeting with White House aides, including Secretary of Defense Jim Mattis, Secretary of State Mike Pompeo. Most of those in attendance reportedly strongly disagreed with Trump on this matter. Mattis urged Uh, argued uh, to Trump that ISIS was still in operation in Syria and a pullout of 2,000 U.S. troops stationed in the area would fuel mayhem. The president ignored that advice, or maybe he heard the word mayhem and he got very excited about it. One source uh, told The Post that the decision was a, quote, clear rebuke of General James Mattis, the defense secretary, who Trump has increasingly ostracized in recent months. Mattis would be the last of uh, of the generals who Trump had described proudly over and over again as my generals that he had uh, tapped to run the Pentagon, the NSA, Homeland Security. And then as his chief of staff at year's end, if he makes it that long, Mattis would be the only general left who Donald Trump has not run out of their top cabinet level position. But as we go to air just minutes ago. Apparently, Donald Trump says that Jim Mattis is out. He will retire at the end of February after serving the administration for two years. He is uh, stepping down. And that may have something to do with what now Trump officials are uh, bracing themselves for uh, an announcement that could come even as we're on air here today.
2: I hope not. Uh,
0: An announcement said to be similar to his decision to withdraw U.S. troops from Syria. It is thought he might be planning to pull out of where? Afghanistan Afghanistan. as well. So we'll see. We'll let you know if that happens, at least while we're on air. See, I told you it was a thrilling uh, season finale. Trump is also being roundly criticized on Twitter for that video that he posted, suggesting that he was speaking for fallen American soldiers who would agree with his decision to pull U.S. troops out of Syria. At least one Republican congressman uh, has uh, joined the denunciation of that video. Congressman Ryan Kinzinger of uh, Republican of Illinois, an Iraq combat veteran, told Fox News on Wednesday that he found Trump's remarks disturbing and that he did not think the uh, president could speak to uh, could speak on behalf of his fallen comrades. So, um That's not going well, but it doesn't matter. Donald Trump seems to be digging in with more anyway. But, uh, of course, every good season finale, uh, of course, needs a dramatic cliffhanger or two. And at least as we go to air, it looks like we've got one. And uh, Desi Doyen, perhaps I was premature in giving you credit for your prediction last week that Trump would blink. (laughs) Yes. Uh, When it came to his standoff with Congress over the five billion dollars that he's demanding for his border wall with Mexico, which he has now begin, by the way, begun to describe as uh, artistically designed steel slats.
2: Oh, so it's a little switch then.
0: Instead of an actual concrete wall, as he had long promised Uh, last week, he you'll recall he had told Democratic lawmakers, uh, Democratic leaders, Uh, Pelosi and Schumer, that he would be proud to shut the federal government down at Christmas by refusing to sign a government funding bill if it did not include $5 billion in taxpayer money for the wall slash steel slates, as he is now calling it. Well, after his administration appeared to have backed down yesterday, and Desi Doyen took credit for being right about that.
2: <laughs> you gave me credit for that. Donald I didn't Trump. Trump take credit yeah, for that.
0: right. Whatever. Uh, Donald Trump is now back to demanding funding for that border wall with Mexico in order to avoid a government shutdown, throwing Congress back into chaos Yes, mayhem and chaos. He loves it. Well, he is um, the
2: chaos president.
0: Raising the possibility of a partial shutdown as of midnight on Friday. Bum, bum, bum. White House Press Secretary Sarah Huckabee Sanders said in a statement late on Thursday, which may or may not change yet again by the time some of our affiliates air today's broadcast, who knows Uh, That the uh, president was meeting with members of Congress and uh, that at this moment, the president does not want to go further without border security, which includes steel slats or a wall. She said the president is continuing to weigh his options, but has uh, now repeated several times today that he uh, does not want to move forward without uh, additional money for border security. Um, Earlier this week, you'll recall that uh, Trump's initial flipped position. So last week he said uh, he would be proud to shut down the government if he doesn't get the five billion dollars that he is demanding. And then Press Secretary uh, Sanders explained to reporters that they would find the five billion somewhere else to begin building their wall. And when uh, when pressed by a reporter Expl- explained rather hilariously she basically he said, and I don't have time to play it with everything going on, but he pressed her on the fact that the taxpayers, one way or another are going to be paying for this despite the fact that Trump had promised Mexico would pay for it. And she said, well, no, no it's not the taxpayers. We're going to find it instead in other executive agencies and use that money to pay for the wall and the
2: of course, the other agencies are paid with taxpayer, taxpayer money. money,
0: right? And when she that was pointed out to her, she said, "Well, no, no, it's going to be covered by the by money all the revenue
2: we get from the new NAFTA, right? Which, of course, isn't
0: true. Well, uh, some private people, corporations, may receive more money." But that does not go to the wall. So, yes, it would be the taxpayers paying for this, no matter what she says here. Uh, MSNBC's Chris Hayes on Twitter was uh, has helpfully scripted out the new call and response for uh, Donald Trump at his rallies uh, that goes something like this. Uh, you know, he always asks about the wall and who's going to pay for it. So uh, what are we going to build? Aesthetically tasteful steel slats. <laughs> Who's going to pay for it? The net growth resulting from a mildly renegotiated trade deal. I can hear it now. Someone added in response, assemble those slats, assemble those slats. So um, the uh, this uh, this is all a complete mess. It's a complete uh, cliffhanger. Congress had come after yesterday. The uh, uh, the Senate had come and passed a bill that would continue to fund the government, a continuing resolution until uh, the beginning of February. So this would have punted the fight to the next Congress, which will have a Democratic majority, by the way, in the U.S. House. Senate had passed that bill. The House was about to pass the same bill so everyone could go home for Christmas. And then Donald Trump changed his mind back again and said, nope, not going to do it, I don't think, unless there's additional border security. So that's sort of where we are on that. Democrats are adamant they will not accept uh, border wall funding in any bill. So a bill can't pass the Senate without bipartisan support. If Trump won't sign any bill without money for the wall, then a shutdown is now almost guaranteed for the holidays. Uh, House Minority Leader Nancy Pelosi, soon to be House Speaker, uh, summed up the current GOP position by saying Republicans are in a state of disarray. We don't know what will happen next. We're right in the middle of a sort of meltdown on the part of Republicans. Well, since every good Christmas episode needs an evil villain Out to make life even worse for poor people, the Trump administration is stepping up there in their season finale as well. The administration unveiled a plan today to force hundreds of thousands more Americans to hold jobs if they want to keep receiving food stamps, pursuing through executive powers what they could not achieve in Congress The country's Food Assistance Program, which is run by the Agriculture Department, already requires most adults without dependents to work if they collect food stamps for any more than three months during a three-year period. But the USDA regulations allow states to waive the requirements in areas where the unemployment rate uh, are at least 20 percent greater than the national rate. Well, the Trump administration's USDA, that's not good enough. They are now proposing that states waive the requirement only in areas where unemployment is above 7 percent.
2: Oh, my goodness.
0: Now, the current national employment rate is around 3.7 percent. So pretty much nowhere uh, will, uh, in, in fact, roughly um, almost a million people live in areas that stand to lose those waivers if this new Trump administration scheme goes through. The new plan would make nearly a million already hungry Americans. The, uh, the food stamp benefits are ridiculously skimpy. It'll make those Americans even hungrier, but it will teach them for being poor and unable to find work, apparently.
2: Hey, whenever you can punish the poor, there's a lot of white Christian evangelicals like that.
0: Agriculture, uh, very Christian of them. Yes. Uh, Ag Secretary Sonny Perdue said on a press call that the measure would uh, save taxpayers $15 billion over 10 years. That's fantastic, isn't it? He says this restores the dignity of work to a sizable segment of our population. Remember when the Republicans used to pretend that they were against social engineering? That was fun. Not anymore. Now we're teaching them all the uh, lessons of the dignity of work. The dignity
2: of starving.
0: Say these rich people who uh, many of them don't work at all and just let their money.
2: Their inherited uh, money.
0: uh, Yeah, accrue interest. Like Donald Trump. Yeah. Tougher eligibility requirements would also overwhelm state efforts uh, to help people find work, according to the director of the Washington State Department of Social Health Services, who says even with as robust a program as we have, including a partnership with every community college in the state, it would be, quote, really hard. For Washington to expand its job training efforts without significantly more funding. Well, that's your problem, loser. And of course, the taxpayers of Washington state, it's their problem, too, because they're going to have to cough off, cough up that money, apparently. And all of the other state taxpayers as well. The uh, since the 1996 welfare law took effect, Every state but Delaware has sought a time limit waiver at some point according to the Center on Budget and Policy Priorities which tracks these uh, these things. Congressional Democrats quickly slammed the plan, questioned whether the administration has a legal basis to authorize it at all. Oh, pish-posh. Legal basis. A president can do whatever he wants with our nation's laws anytime he or she wants. Apparently Remember when Republicans used to also pretend that they were against the president doing stuff like this on his own, particularly uh, when Congress has just passed the new farm bill in both houses and expressly chose not to include the new restriction that the administration now wants to put in place. So we will see if it even stands up when it is inevitably challenged, which, of course, costs taxpayers uh, even more money. In defending all of these lawsuits, uh, Senator Debbie Stabenow, Democrat from Michigan, said that Congress, quote, Congress writes laws and the administration is required to write rules based on the law. She's the top ranking Democrat on the uh, Senate Agriculture Committee. The proposed uh, changes will be published in the Federal Register, Purdue says, and the public will then have 60 days to comment.
2: Yeah, so two things about this. Research shows that making struggling workers even hungrier does not help them find work any faster. It's actually directly counterproductive. Hungry workers don't work as well. They are not as productive and it does not magically create jobs. And secondly, a lot of uh, economists are predicting that the business cycle is slowing down and there will likely be a recession coming up in the next couple of years by doing this if they succeed in changing this rule that will also undermine states ability to help in these economic downturns when there are no jobs when there are massive layoffs and there are lots more people who need to be on here who cannot find jobs because they don't exist
0: well you're ignoring the fact that Christmas season finales need a villain to make the poor people go hungry. Well, so, this is certainly a lump of coal. So, yeah, so you're, you, you know, keep that in mind, Des. I don't know. Get your priorities straight on this <laughs> stuff. Finally, in today's thrilling Donald Trump, the presidency season finale, just to make it really exciting, one last shocking twist. Well, at least one. We'll see. And... Um, Frankly, it's one that isn't all that shocking at all, at least for those of us in the reality-based community versus the reality TV community. An important distinction. North Korea has a Christmas gift for the president today, providing another excellent uh, cliffhanger to keep us all in suspense until next season. North Korea said that it will never unilaterally give up its nuclear weapons unless the U.S. first removes what Pyongyang called a nuclear threat. The latest from North Korea comes as the U.S. and North Korea struggle over the sequencing of the denuclearization that Washington wants and the removal of international sanctions desired by Pyongyang, according to AP. The North's unusually blunt comments today is being seen as proof of what outside skeptics have long said, that would probably include us here, that uh, Kim will never voluntarily relinquish an arsenal that he sees as a stronger guarantee of his survival than whatever security assurances the untrustworthy U.S. might be able to provide. The statement suggests uh, that uh, North Korea will eventually demand U.S. withdraw or significantly reduce The American troop presence in uh, in the peninsula. Kim and uh, Trump met, as you'll recall, June 12 in Singapore. That was this year. June 12, in Singapore, when they agreed on a vague goal for, quote, complete denuclearization of the Korean Peninsula, but they did not describe how and when any of that would occur. North Korea, for decades, has been pushing a concept of denuclearization that bears no resemblance. To the American definition, or at least the Donald Trump definition, which we pointed out over and over again before, during and after that summit and the so-called agreement with Pyongyang, who is vowing now to pursue nuclear development until the U.S. removes its troops and the nuclear umbrella defending South Korea and Japan. Yes, that is always what they meant by denuclearization of the Korean Peninsula, at least for anyone paying attention to such trivial details. In the Thursday statement, the North made clear that it is sticking to its uh, traditional uh, definition of that word. Their statement said the U.S. must now recognize the accurate meaning of the denuclearization of the Korean Peninsula, and especially... Must study geography, they said. When we talk about the Korean Peninsula, it includes the territory of our republic and also the entire region of South Korea where the U.S. has placed its invasive force, including nuclear weapons. North Korea's reiteration of its long standing position on nuclear uh, denuclearization could writes AP, proved to be a major setback for diplomacy, which was revived earlier this year following a series of provocative nuclear and missile tests that left Kim and Trump spending most of 2017 exchanging personal insults and war threats. But the 2018 season wasn't nearly as exciting, apparently, as 2017 in that regard. So perhaps it's time to ramp things back up towards 11 In the 2019 season of Trump, the presidency. So all of those stories and undoubtedly undoubtedly many more uh, to come as we head into Christmas and the thrilling Donald Trump season finale. All right. A quick break and a few items to try and catch up on here, including from the November midterms and maybe even 2020. Yikes. Uh, before we hit the road for Christmas. And, of course, the Green News Report is also ahead. I'm Brad Friedman. Ho, ho, ho. Hey, this is Brad. Please consider supporting whichever progressive media outlet is serving you. Most, just like us, do not receive corporate or political support. We all need your support to keep up the resistance, now more than ever. From Desi Doyen and myself, thank you. I don't care about the CIA And
1: I don't care what the calendar say I wish it was Christmas today I wish it was Christmas today
0: Oh boy, howdy do I. Welcome back to the Bradcast. Brad Friedman from bradblog.com uh, Some information coming in from The announcement just as we went to air here that Secretary of Defense Jim Mattis, General Jim Mattis, is resigning from his post Uh, in the in his resignation letter to the president. He implicitly criticized Donald Trump for not treating allies with respect and for not being, quote, clear eyed. About U.S. enemies and competitors, writing my views on treating allies with respect and also being clear eyed about both malign actors and strategic competitors are strongly held and informed by over four decades of immersion in these issues. We must do everything possible to advance an international order that is conducive to our security, prosperity and values. And we are strengthened in this effort by the solidarity of our alliances. He uh, went on to say, because you have the right to have a secretary of defense whose views are better aligned with yours on these and other subjects, I believe it is right for me to step down from my position. The soon to be former defense chief General James Mattis uh, said he is on his way out, the last of Donald Trump's generals to be run out of dodge by this uh, by this presidency. Uh, And as I say, this comes on the heels of uh, Donald Trump declaring we are leaving Syria without consulting with anyone about how to do it, what the timeline will be and uh, catching uh, Mattis and and other folks off guard, apparently, and uh, potentially we'll see another similar announcement to come from Donald Trump. All right, uh, let me at least uh, finish up a few items here uh that I had hoped to cover. Oh, Des, you're gonna be delighted to hear this. Uh, Democrats will have a dozen presidential primary debates to pick their presidential nominee in twenty twenty.
2: okay, according so- to the DNC. I, on a political, I guess, an overall wealth and uh-huh. health of the country idea, that's a great idea. But personally, I hate the idea. <laughs>
0: on a Desi Doyen health idea, <laughs> On a Desi Doyen probably... having to
2: stay up late making cuts of debates, yes. Uh,
0: there will be six debates in 2019 and six in 2020. This, according to announcement from the DNC today. Uh, but in fact, there actually may be more than that. Ah, no. Because as the uh, DNC uh, press release explains, the first two debates will occur in June and July. 2019, and in order to accommodate a potentially larger, fe- large field of candidates, both of those debates may occur over multiple consecutive nights. If uh, if that has to happen, they explain the lineup for each night will be determined at random with qualifying candidates assigned one night per debate. The random selection of candidates will be done publicly publicly. Uh, And then they will uh, occur on a monthly basis in 2019. Six more will take place between January and April in 2020. That is three more than the Democrats held in 2016 when frontrunner Hillary Clinton and her allies at the DNC had pushed for a limited debate schedule at the time. This comes after uh, DNC Chair Tom Perez met with uh, stakeholders from all corners of the party, reportedly, to try to avoid a similar controversy uh, in, uh, in 2020, in the 2020 cycle, to the one back in 2016 when allies of Bernie Sanders accused the DNC of putting its thumb on the scale for Hillary Clinton. But yeah, 2020? We're not going to be talking about 2020 until I say we're ready to talk about 2020.
2: Okay.
0: (laughs) because frankly, we're not even done with 2018 elections around here. Uh, And given the fact that the evidentiary hearing for the North Carolina 9th congressional district race, which has was beset with allegations of GOP absentee ballot election fraud, um, that evidentiary hearing is not even going to take place now until January 11th, 2019. So it seems early to talk about 2020, but there you have it from the DNC. As I say, we're still on 2018 and trying to wrap that up. And this amazing story from Joe Bruno, who's been doing a great job uh, in uh, in South Carolina from uh, Charlotte's W S O C T V. TV Channel 9 um, regarding that evidentiary hearing. The North Carolina State Board of Elections yesterday released the 2016 Bladen County, North Carolina investigative report that had been referred to prosecutors concerning GOP absentee ballot fraud back in 2016. But for some reason, those prosecutors never acted on it before the 2018 election, allowing the bad guys who were identified very specifically as uh, defrauding voters back in 2016, allowing them to be hired and work again in the 2018 election. It's kind of remarkable when you look at some of the details from this 2016 report, which has now been released, and what it found out about the guy at the center of this scandal in um, North Carolina's 9th Congressional District. A GOP contractor, a guy by the name of McCray Dowless, he was hired by the Republican nominee in the 9th Congressional District race this year uh, for the U.S. House in both the general election and in the primary to run uh, the uh, absentee ballot campaign for the uh, congressman. well, the 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 Republican who wants to be a congressman, Mark Harris, uh, he he hired uh, Dallas in Bladen County uh, to do work and perhaps in Robeson County as well. Those are two of the counties of the uh, eight that make up the 9th Congressional District. But this 278-page investigation from the 2016 election found dallas was paying workers to solicit absentee ballot request forms and to collect their absentee ballots later on so workers were required by dallas in 2016 according to this report which was not acted on to deliver absentee ballots to him and to push certain uh, push for certain candidates uh, According to the report, the uh, State Board of Elections, the NCSBE, the uh, investigation of the complaints began with interviews from these complainants. The interviews led to information that strongly suggested that Leslie McCray Dallas Jr., a.k.a. McCray Dallas, who is associated with Patriots for Progress, this is a group that he set up, uh, was paying certain individuals to solicit absentee request forms and to collect absentee ...absentee ballots from Bladen County voters. In doing so, workers employed by Dowless were required to hand-carry the ballots to Dowless in order to be paid. Dowless allegedly instructed his workers to, quote, push votes for certain candidates while meeting with voters... And the report notes that possession of an absentee ballot for delivery to a voter or for return to a county board of elections by anyone other than the voter, the voters near relative or the voters verifiable legal guardian is a class one felony under North Carolina state law. Two people that Bruno had interviewed this year several weeks ago, which we had covered at the time, told him that mccray Dallas paid them in 2018 to do exactly that. To pick up absentee ballots, to drop them off to Dallas himself, and to promote Mark Harris, the Republican in the uh, congressional race, uh, and Bladen County Sheriff Jim McVicker. Both of them are Republicans who uh, ran in November, and both who reportedly paid Dallas and reportedly won their race in um, in the 2016 primary in the 9th district. McCray Dallas worked for. Republican Todd Johnson in that primary absentee ballots, uh, absentee by mail votes in Bladen County showed Todd Johnson winning two hundred and twenty one of them. To Mark Harris, who also ran but lost back then, uh, he got four votes compared to two hundred and twenty one for the guy that was uh, paying Dallas at the time and the incumbent congressman Robert Dowlidge Pittenger. He received just one vote. Back in 2016, in the primary. The investigative report also says that Dallas attempted to obstruct the uh, North Carolina State Board of Elections investigation by warning people of the uh, uh, warning people of interest that investigators were looking for them. The report said Dallas coached them on what to say if they were contacted again after the 2016 election. So we knew all of this was going on. And this was allowed to continue. Dallas uh, apparently made phone calls to warn two workers, Caitlin Kroom and Matthew Mathis, that the State Board of Investigation uh, would be contacting them after Dallas himself was contacted by the investigators. The two people accused of collecting ballots back in 2016 told investigators that Dallas would pay only half of what they earned when they brought in the absentee request form to him, and then they would get the other half when the, he, they brought back the actual ballots to him. Dallas also instructed them to avoid areas where mostly minority voters resided, and he provided a sample ballot with marks indicating uh, candidates he wanted them to promote. The the, uh, Wake County District Attorney had previously said that there was an open criminal investigation related to absentee ballots back in 2016, Um, but sort of gave a few different excuses. Oh, it was a very difficult case to figure out. And then we had this hurricane this year. All of this, the district attorney said, is why they didn't bring charges and why Dallas was able to go ahead and continue doing this work, even though they have all of this information on them from two years ago, from 2016. A, uh, a phone shared by two accused of picking up ballots in 2016 listed Dallas as, quote, McRae bossman. One of the two texted McRae on uh, in November of 2016 concerning the investigators. Hey, McRae, that weird number was the investigators. They called me again today. They want to meet with me in the morning. I'm scared and I don't remember half of what we are supposed to say. I've never been investigated for anything was a text message that was included in this investigation from 2016, which seems like they got this guy pretty dead to rights at this point. If nothing else, for obstruction of justice, for telling these guys what to say when the investigators showed up. Um, But here they have them dead to rights in this uh, text message exchange uh, from 2016. These are text messages that are included in the report. Uh, one of the two uh, who, uh, guys here who were employed by Dallas, um, one of the two had helped a guy apparently from Ohio, or at least in Ohio, to get an absentee ballot. This is in North Carolina, but to get an absentee ballot in North Carolina by asking uh, this man for his Social Security number and date of birth. Hey, bro, trying to get your info so I can fill one of these forms out for you. This is the text message. It'll send a voting ballot to your home. I'll have to I'll, I'll have it sent to me and I'll ask you who you want to vote for and fill it out for you if you want. Only way I get paid is getting people to do this junk. Guy says, I guess so, but I'm still in Ohio right now. The. uh Guy replies to say, "That's straight, bro. I can fill it out for you. We're talking about a ballot here. We're talking about an absentee ballot. I We're can fill it out for you. Talking about a felony here. I just need your birthday and the last four of your social security number to make sure you're registered to vote. How is it up there?" He adds, "All right, and then later on uh, in uh, what is this September? I'm sorry, October. October one of 2016." The guy writes back to him to say, yo, do you care who you vote for? I got your ballot in the mail who you want for president. The guy responds, I don't think it really makes a difference, but and then it's redacted. And then it says he will be the one to finally start the zombie apocalypse, LOL. I guess we can probably imagine who it was uh, he wanted him to vote for. Back in um,
2: in 2016,
0: back in 2016. So they had this dead to rights. They had these guys. They had these people, it seems to me, dead to rights before 2018. And yet no action was taken. And Mark Harris was allowed to hire this same guy, McCray uh, in an election in which he ends up winning by... Reportedly, 905 votes and by the way uh, the report shows and evidence shows reporting shows that Dallas knew better than to get too many votes for the people who had hired him all of the races he was involved in in which his candidates ended up winning were by very narrow margins so apparently uh, as not to uh, raise notice by the way On the same day that report came out, the North Carolina Republican Party overrode the veto of the Democratic governor of North Carolina to push through their photo ID polling place voting restrictions to keep people from voting, specifically Democratic leaning voters, even while This uh, GOP election fraud case continues once again. The evidentiary hearing will will be in February uh, and January, January 11th, to determine who will what will happen if they'll have another election again or if they will certify the Republican candidate who hired this GOP voter fraud fraudster in 2018. The story will continue after the holidays. All right. Quick break. And we're back with the latest Green News Report. I'm Brad Friedman. Don't touch that dial i hey, hey. The streets are filled with Christmas cheer At least it's only once a year Perfect parcels tied with perfect bows And carols ringing in my ear Icicles on eavesdrops and tinsel on the tree But it's a green Christmas for me Well, for me and for you, Desi Doyen <laughs> And for our listeners By the way, have any uh, other shoes dropped while we were on break? Uh, Not at the moment, there? and I'm All afraid right. to look I know, I'm afraid to look No, I think we may get out uh, We'll just dump everything else on Angie Coiro When she fills in for us over the holidays What could possibly go wrong? All right, let's get to it our latest
1: Christmas Green News Report. There's all kinds of weather emergencies and challenges that all of the services are dealing with on the climate side.
2: Climate change is expensive, particularly for the U.S. military. 2018 on track to be fourth costliest year for U.S. weather disasters. Polls show Americans waking up to climate change. Plus...
1: We know what we must do.
2: Now we have to have
1: the vision, the courage, and the competence to do it.
2: Cities and states step up, setting ambitious new climate goals.
0: All of that ambition and more straight ahead. From Bradblog.com, I'm Brad Friedman. And I'm Desi Doyan. Stand by for six minutes of independent green news, politics, analysis, and snarky comment.
1: We're saying goodbye to another member of Trump's cabinet, Secretary of the... Interior and Dudley Durong, Ryan Zinke, he had so many scandals that the White House officials told him he had until the end of the year to leave or be fired. That is impressive. Getting fired for ethics violations in the Trump administration is like being fired from the Rockettes for kicking.
0: This is your Green News Report. Okay, Desi Doyen, as we wrap up another year, we're starting to add up the math of the cost of climate change.
2: Yes, because climate change disasters are expensive. 2018 will likely rank among the top four years on record in the U.S. for the highest number of weather disasters in a single year, costing more than a billion dollars. Remember Hurricane Michael, the near Category 5 hurricane that made that historic landfall in the Florida Panhandle in October? Well, during a little-noticed Senate Armed Services Committee hearing last week, it was revealed that Florida's Tyndall Air Force Base alone suffered about $5 billion in damage. Wow. U.S. Secretary of the Navy Richard Spencer warned that all coastal U.S. military facilities are vulnerable to climate impacts.
0: It's going to be uh, oceanfront areas, uh, water rising issues. Uh, It's going to be areas exposed to uh, what we've seen now as 100-year storms that come every two or three years. Uh, we're going to have to start addressing this it, 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 so we do this correctly and spend the money correctly. Huh, $5 billion it's going to cost to fix Tyndall Air Force Base? Isn't $5 billion the money that Donald Trump has been denied to build his wall on the Mexican border? Good point. Donald Trump aside,
2: Americans are waking up to the need for action on climate change. According to a new Reuters poll that found broad consensus, more than 70 percent agreed with the statement that the U.S. should take aggressive action to slow global warming and that it poses an imminent or serious threat to the United States, including a majority of of Republicans. A different poll from Yale Climate Communications found strong bipartisan support for the Green New Deal. That's a proposal from some Democrats to accelerate the transition away from fossil fuels to clean renewable energy. The Green New Deal would set a national target of 100 percent zero carbon electricity by 2030 upgrade the nation's energy grid, buildings, transportation infrastructure, and energy efficiency, and provide training for the jobs to accomplish it all. 80% of respondents supported that, including 60% of Republicans. However, Huffington Post warns that previous research shows voter support for bipartisan policies tends to collapse when they're told it's supported by a politician from the opposite party. So get ready for the climate change denial industry to smear the Green New Deal as a partisan policy to undermine it.
0: And to undermine the majority Republican support for it.
2: Yep. More good news. The City Council of the District of Columbia has passed one of the most ambitious clean energy bills in the United States, setting a target of switching to 100 percent renewable electricity by 2032, just 14 years, meaning that soon even the White House is going to run on renewable energy. In New York, Democratic Governor Andrew Cuomo has committed to a statewide target of 100 carbon-neutral electricity by 2040 as part of a statewide Green New Deal. In Minnesota, the city of Minneapolis has adopted plans to phase out polluting diesel-powered buses and shift its entire bus fleet to all-electric. But California is going even further. California is now the first state in the nation to mandate eliminating fossil fuels from public transit buses. The California Air Resources Board voted unanimously to require all new buses in the state to be zero emissions by 2029 and a target of transitioning the state's entire fleet of 12,000 buses to carbon-free by 2040 partially paid for by the state settlement with German automaker Volkswagen over its illegal emissions cheating software.
0: That'll teach them. For much more on all of these stories and the ones we couldn't get to today, please check out our website at greennews.bradblog.com. Here's to a safe and warm, but not too warm, holiday season. I'm Brad Friedman. And
2: I'm Desi Doyle, And
0: this has been your Green News Report. Red dogs on the Reindeer It's along the tree, but it's a green Christmas for me. Oh, it always is.
2: (laughs) Yes, it is. Okay. Well, of course, for us, it's year-round, but yes, green Christmas.
0: Right. Like you always say on, uh, what is it, Environmental Day?
2: What do they call that? (laughs) Earth Day. Thank you. There you
0: go. (laughs) It's always Earth Day, so I guess it's always a green Christmas for you, Desi Dorn. Indeed. Uh, All right. Well, I think that's it. Uh, No other disasters have yet befallen us, though no doubt they will. Stay tuned. More to come in the uh, thrilling Donald Trump season finale. Uh, my thanks to my producer, Desi Doyan, and to all of you who have uh, who, who've listened to the show today and every day. If you missed any portion of our program, of course, or any program of ours, you can download it anytime for free at bradblog.com or at your favorite podcast site. We hope wherever you get it, you'll uh, put in a kind word for us to uh, help make it a little bit easier for everyone else to find us as well. Uh, you can drop me an email. I'm bradcast at bradblog.com. I'm on the Facebooks and the Twitters at the TheBradBlog. Please find, follow, and share us there. And uh, my thanks to those of you who have supported us throughout the past year. And in many cases the past many years by stopping by bradblog.com slash donate, where we rely on only you to stay on your public airwaves. We've made it through the uh, 2018 elections as we had hoped through the end of the year, by and large. Again, thanks to all of you. So, uh, hey, before the end of the year, stop by bradblog.com slash donate. Your support is appreciated. We are going to be hitting the road, as I said at the top of the show. Angie Koiro will be in for us. Actually, a mix of some best ofs and some Angie Koiro's.
2: And a special holiday special you'll not want to miss. Oh,
0: that's right. That's coming up as well. So pay attention. (laughs) Uh, But, uh, yes, Angie Koiro will be here with all new, fresh broadcasts in the days ahead. So don't worry. Until then, from both Desi and me to all of you... Uh, I hope you have a warm and peaceful, not too warm, as Desi says, but a <laughs> uh, peaceful and happy holiday season. Yes, that happy is holidays. It. Until we meet again, I'm Brad Friedman. Good luck, world.